Echo's Box Podcast is not meant to be or claiming to be a good place for therapeutic advice. The host is not a licensed therapist and is not offering any services or advice related to mental health in a professional manner. The content discussed on Echo's Box is commonly highly explicit due to the real nature of expressing honest emotions. While we don't mean to offend anyone, the reality is these discussions might be triggering to many people. Out of respect for all, please do not listen if this content isn't right for you, and forgive us if you have a poor experience. Keep your brain healthy. I know I'm chasing you, so why did it not tell me that I might be wasting you? You're a headache, but I love you. I'll take you in, I'm not a brother. Tell those other guys to shove it. Cause you know, they just don't get you, they just don't get you, no, no. Hey everyone, welcome back to Echo's Box. This is episode 11. You were just listening to my cover of Danger by the home team. Uh, it's on TikTok. You can go check that out. Um, I've been <laughs> just honestly super obsessed with that that band lately, and, and that song is awesome. And uh, they noticed it, and uh, that, that cover did really well on that platform. And, it, you know, the TikTok thing is just something that I do for fun and to, to kind of promote my own uh, original music and stuff like that. But uh, obviously, I don't have a whole lot of originals for my own personal project right now, but of course... Uh, my band Lost in the Mons is doing amazing things, and uh, if you want to check them out, we're on everywhere that you could find music, so that's Lost in the Mons. Um, but yeah, I know I've been kind of on hiatus for a bit. That's because I went on a vacation, and I have been taking some time for myself to kind of grow and learn some more, and um, it's been great. And today's episode, we're going to be talking about insomnia, and I, I kind of picked this topic at random. I've been kind of talking on different things in therapy and talking through uh, different personal experiences and growing a lot with my friends and these new relationships I've had. And a lot of it's been very positive, um, but I'm I'm suffering a lot and I, I am in a lot of pain. And that's nothing new. Like it's nothing to draw concern to or whatever. It's it's just kind of a, an ebb and flow of my my constant state, so to speak. Um, but I want to talk about insomnia today because it's a problem that I've been working on a lot, uh, both in therapy and, uh, just through my life in general, and I've made some progress on it. And I kind of wanted to talk about what it's like to experience that, uh, in the worst and darkest moments and also kind of what I'm doing the, to combat that in a lot of ways. So that's what this episode is going to be about. So welcome to episode 11. Uh, if you haven't checked out the last episode, remember that was my first episode with guests and that was episode 10 and it's with the wonderful Looney Boo and her fiance Joe and they are just beautiful people in my life. They've continued to be excellent friends to me and I'm so thankful for them. So please go check that out along with all the other episodes. Uh, but without further ado, let's dive in. So believe it or not, insomnia is something that I haven't dealt with all my life. It's something that uh, arose over the recent years. It stemmed from a lot of my my recent trauma in the last two or three years. And I, I'm honestly, and until recent years, I wasn't used to not sleeping, right? I was used to pretty much getting a good night's rest. I have a very nice purple mattress and a king-size bed and all the accoutrement that comes with that. Uh, my bed is honestly the most comfortable bed you could possibly sleep in. Um, but I've got a lot of trauma around uh, having a, a bedroom space and, and having that bed since uh, various events happened in my life and it's made it very difficult to sleep in it. In fact, I've got a buddy coming over tonight um, and I'll probably even have to pa- pause myself while talking 
to to have him come in and and or at least answer a call um but i'm gonna lend that room to him tonight so he can have a place to sleep and i'll most likely not sleep um i'm hopeful that that's not true i i don't anticipate that i don't speak that into existence to say hey you're not gonna sleep um it's just kind of the the common fold for me in fact i speak into existence that i will get some rest even if it's really crappy rest um but over the past two or three years i've been dealing with chronic insomnia not just casual insomnia i for for days and days at a time i will not sleep in fact uh, I just recently went through a three-day spell of absolutely no sleep, and uh, some of it was for like actual reasons, like of, of events I was participating in and whatnot. But uh, most of it wasn't, um, and the the outcome of that is uh, I'm exhausted and and it hurts, and I can't, uh, I I just can't sleep. But somehow I still function. And it's very difficult and painful. And I kind of just want to describe my experience with all that and kind of kind of where where I'm at now and uh, what led up to that, of course, first. So uh, after uh, one of my uh, traumatic events, uh, which was the long-term relationship, I always harken back to that because it was a, a catalyst for a lot of the, the positive change in my life, honestly. Um, but with that, you become... Uh, associated i say you by you i I actually just mean me i became associated with uh this idea that that bedroom was a place where i shared a space of rest with a partner and granted it wasn't every single night because this partner didn't live with me at the time but anytime they were there it was something that i could associate with and um over time i just kind of became um accustomed to associating that space with comfort and that's very good for a sleeping space. Uh, I have, for the longest time, been able to sleep on my own just fine. Um, but after that, that all ended, um, obviously the trauma of that, I wasn't sleeping to begin with. And then a lot of other things harken from that that we'll, that we'll kind of touch on. But um, overall, after all that ended, my bedroom no longer became a safe haven. It became uh, a place of fear. And... I've since mostly resolved that. I can actually go into my room now, especially since I've moved houses. I can go into my room and I can kind of be there and be present. And, you know, I still shower in my own bathroom. I change clothes and all that kind of stuff. Um, I I can even go sit in there and take a phone call or just relax on the bed for a bit. But sleeping is still not an option for me. Um, And I... It's just complicated. So... um, there was a brief period of time with my most recent relationship where as long as my partner was there, I could sleep in that bed with them and I could I could be comforted and, and be okay. So it's almost like uh, if I have a medium to sleep in there, a reason to sleep in there, it's comfortable. But if I'm alone on my own, it's just simply not. But um, it, the issue extends well beyond the bedroom and the bed and all that kind of stuff. I, I've honestly grown past a lot of those uh, associations that I've built in my mind from those traumatic experiences that I've had. Um, now the problem is I just can't fucking sleep. It doesn't matter where I am. I could be somewhere else. I could be in a different bed. I could be in a different home. I could be in a different space entirely, and I still just can't sleep. And so most nights I'm on my couch wide the fuck awake, and it, sleep just doesn't come. Um, so... 
what what have I been doing to kind of combat that? Well, the first instance of that was dealing with the associations, right? So I had to take back my space. I had to make it mine. And so I, part of that was moving, moving out of the home I was in, uh, having a different arrangement in the room. The bed itself still holds some kind of energy to me that is um, averse to comfort uh, uh, in its own state, which is not logical. It's not rational. And that's something I'm very aware of. And so I'm able to fight that with that logic, understanding the logic behind that and understanding that it's not rational uh, helps me fight, fight back because I mean, a lot of mental illness is not rational. That's why it's mental illness. Um, And so this, this logic is a tool for me to kind of say, Hey, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, Casey. Just, just no, don't, don't acknowledge that. Don't give it that energy. It doesn't deserve that. Take it back. And I have been able to, uh, the problem is I'm so plagued by the rest of what's going on in my life that I still can't sleep. So most nights I'm just wide awake on the couch, eyes wide open, whether I'm watching game grumps or, or my favorite ASMR YouTube channel or listening to some of my magic teachers. It doesn't matter what I'm doing to pass the time. I pass the time through the night. Um, uh, reading a book has been the most productive thing. I'll talk some about some of the positive things that come from, come from it too, because I, I do try to make it positive regardless of it being inherently like negative in terms of lack of sleep and energy. But, um, yeah, it's, it's hard. Um, I, for for many many months when this started it was straight no sleep and for most people uh if you don't sleep for two weeks straight you start to kind of go insane and that didn't happen for me but the only reason that didn't happen for me is because around that time is also when I started my magical practice and a lot of the initial learnings of that practice are heavily grounded in meditation and meditation is certainly no substitute for sleep. In fact, I did some research on it to make sure I was I was healthy, and I wasn't. Uh, but the the research yielded that um, after about an hour of meditation, your return on investment in that, in terms of restful sleep benefit, uh, not regarding all the the other benefits of meditation, just in terms of restful sleep, uh, starts to be diminishing in returns. Uh, basically after about an hour, you only get an equivalent of 30 minutes of sleep. And it doesn't matter if you meditate for four hours straight, which, you know, that a lot of times I was doing beyond that because I, I had nothing else to do to occupy my mind. Um, but I, I could do four hours and it still only equates to 30 to 45 minutes of sleep. Uh, so it, it just stops being beneficial in terms of rest. But What's nice about that is it does mean I was getting some form of rest during that time I was meditating, uh, even though I wasn't getting actual full night's sleep. Um, and that's honestly the only reason I didn't go insane. I never really like had crazy hallucinations. I never lost my cool. I never lost my grounding. Like I, I, I still had like the, the anxiety and trauma of the events going on around me and what I was dealing with at the time. But uh, in terms of actual sleep deprivation, I avoided that through sheer will and raw meditation. 
um, but it wasn't enough for actual rest. It's no substitute, and I don't recommend that by any means as a substitute, but it did keep me sane, um, and, and I'm glad I, I at least had that as a tool. Um, so over time, working through therapy, what I found, uh, I started trying taking uh, sleeping medication. So I've talked about in previous episodes, z and and the you know, all the medication stuff. I stopped doing that over time because it's just not good for your, your overall health. And I had my, my bad experience on a trip with that and, and the abuse. Uh, but, uh, for a brief time that helped get me to sleep. And there were even moments where I would eventually just pass the fuck out, right? Like you go uh, two weeks out without sleep is unimaginable for most people. So about the third week, your body's like, Hey, uh, I'm going to knock you out now. <laughs> and it does. So at some point you do get some sleep, but it's almost like a hard reset where I'll like sleep for a full eight to 12 hours. And then I'm back on my bullshit, not sleeping for another week or two. Um, and it's, it's a constant cycle. And it was like that for a whole fucking year and a half, if not more. And, uh, but, but what was cool is as I got tools, to help with that, I got a little bit more sleep in between. So it started with the the Z-Quil, um, and that helped for a bit, but it wasn't enough, and I had that those experiences. And then my therapist was like, try like a white noise machine and a weighted blanket, like some practical raw tools. And those helped a little bit, but um, nowadays I don't even use those. I, I still have them if I really need them, but they weren't that helpful to begin with. Um, and they don't serve me very well now, but I was, I was willing to try anything, right? Like you're not sleeping, you're not getting enough rest. So any, anything is a good idea. And they were comforting tools. There was nothing bad about those tools. I think my therapist's recommendation was spot on, but, um, it wasn't enough. I needed more. So, uh, I started, um, using things like, uh, edibles like THC edibles uh to help calm me down so I would take kind of a a higher dose of those because instead of just getting high it would calm my brain down enough to knock me out and that has still been a a proven mechanism in my life to kind of help me get to sleep uh on most nights where, where if I really need to induce sleep um instead of just getting high off of something I will use it as a a medicine to to calm me down and force me to pass out because my I'll be lethargic enough where it's just time to rest. But another problem I had though was anxiety, right? So I've talked about anxiety in some previous episodes. If you haven't listened to those, check that out. But um, to help combat the anxiety, I was prescribed Xanax for a bit. And uh, my therapist would kind of help it encourage, be like, hey, if you're having like anxiety at nighttime and it's preventing you from sleeping, use your medication as a tool just like you use the others and and take your your recommended dose if not just a little bit more so that way it knocks you out and benzos are great for that i mean that's that's essentially what they are are sleeping pills at the end of the day um if you're active and anxious they don't make you sleepy uh but if you if you aren't anxious they knock you out and if you are anxious and you take just a smidge more like don't abuse it but if you take a smidge more it'll knock you out. And so I had these tools, I had medicine, I had physical tools and all of those things helped improve, uh, my sleep overall. And I was still suffering with this, but, 
um, I was able to sleep more often than not uh, compared to two weeks. Instead, it went from two weeks of no sleep at a time to, you know, just a week or down to like three days every week or five days every week. Um, and it, it started to improve and get better. And this time uh, in the past year, I've kind of not needed Xanax for any of that. Um, and I've continued to use like edibles uh, as needed for that one. I just notice I'm not sleeping enough. But uh, it's still been kind of variable whether or not I get sleep. And the big problem I've been having lately is not that I can't sleep, which is not entirely true. Like I still have the insomnia thing, but um, more so when I do sleep, it's not restful sleep. So I only sleep for two or three hours or I'll sleep six hours, but I'll have horrible, horrible nightmares to where I might as well not have slept at all because I wake up in a cold sweat and it's not good or I'll wake up in the middle of the night. It's just, it's bad. So the sleep I do have now is more frequent, which is good, but the sleep itself is of very terrible quality, which is bad. So it's it's a pain in the ass. Um, and I suffer a lot in that that kind of sleep cycle that I have. And I don't really have a good way around that yet. This is, this is not a solved problem. Um, so talking about it is kind of difficult because I don't have any advice to offer the communities out there and I don't have any pathways. I mean, you're welcome to try what I've tried. And honestly, it may help you more than help me. It just depends on the severity and what you're dealing with. Um, and so I would say what I have tried is beneficial, but it's not a direct 100% solution to the problem itself. So since this isn't a solved problem, what what am I doing to kind of make positive things come out of it? Because I don't want this to affect my relationships or my work-life balance or anything like that. Like if I were to fail at work, that would be awful and detrimental to all aspects of my physical, mental, and, and practical well-being. So what am I doing? Well, I use that time. I'm awake for an extra 12 hours most times that other people aren't. Uh, so how do I how do I use that time to make it a positive? Well, one of the things I do is I read books. Um, I read a lot of books, and I in fact I fucking crush books. I can crush a whole like 500 page book in a night, um, and it's ridiculous and it's inhuman. And I don't know how I do it. I get a lot of comments on, from friends about that that wish they could retain that information or anything like that. And it's in some ways it's a curse, not a blessing, but I make it a blessing because uh, the information I get from what I read is very beneficial. And right now I'm reading through the Libra Knoll, which is a very interesting book. I'm not so sure I recommend it. It's all about chaos magic and there's a lot of weird shit in there um, that I don't necessarily prescribe to, but um, I'm enjoying reading it nonetheless. I may talk about it a little bit more in the future uh, once I'm, I'm finished with it, but um, uh, basically, uh, as one of the teachers I learned from Jason Louvre, uh, he's he's a chaos magician as far as I understand. Um, the only thing I don't really like about it is that they have a system and a hierarchy. It's not that the information is not valuable. It's that uh, the whole purpose is it's trying to, to be a book for people to learn from if they have never been introduced to it. But chaos magic is so variable that to define things 
is kind of the opposite goal like it's supposed to be your path so i don't know uh, i'm still like i said i'm still reading through that i don't have a formal opinion on anything but uh, i don't necessarily recommend it it's a very difficult read um despite it not being a very large book uh, but since my background is in ceremonial magic and I am moving along in such a degree, um, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, overlap between things. So it's very easy for me to read personally. Uh, and I am enjoying it. I have nothing like negative overall to say. I just don't think it's uh, a common book overall. But that, that's just I'm halfway through it. I, I could totally change my opinion thereafter but again that's just one of the books i'm, I'm reading through and, and i'm still getting positive benefit from it but i'll do that i'll read up on stuff for work like i'll read up on the latest exploits and i'll watch videos from my favorite youtubers uh about new things that are going on and i'll make sure i stay up to date on stuff so i use that time to catch up i'll use it to meditate and do my my spiritual work I'll use it to uh, simply relax my brain sometimes. Sometimes you don't want to overwork yourself because you're not already not sleeping. So let's just veg the fuck out. So at least we're getting some kind of uh, dissonant sort of rest or play a game or whatever. So that has been very beneficial to my growth, whether it's working on music, reading, spiritual practice, uh, or work-related stuff, like all of that. Uh, is how I make it a positive, right? I use the time. I'm not just idling for 12 hours. I'm I'm using it to grow myself. And that has been uh, all the difference in between what makes it positive versus negative. So that it, that's what insomnia is like. And it's, it's painful. It's very painful. Despite the positives I'm able to glean from it, I am in immense pain. Uh, dealing with a lot of this stuff and I don't like talking about it very much in fact I, I make jokes about how I don't sleep to, to most of my friends just to make light of it and some of them I can I can see some concern uh, in their eyes but no one has anything for me to help and they honestly can't help um, and the work I'm doing uh, in therapy and in my own life uh, is all I can do what's nice is you know, say I do gain a partner eventually, I, they, they will be of great benefit to me in terms of sleep because if they don't have insomnia, if they do, that's a whole different thing, but if they don't, um, and it's time to sleep, it's time to fucking sleep and I will want nothing more than to be with them, be next to them and rest. Um, I don't want to rely on that though. So that's great that that, that option exists and I know it works because I've experienced it, but it's not enough. Um, it shouldn't be their responsibility. That's not healthy either. I want to be able to sleep on my own and I hate that I can't. Um, it's just very, very, very difficult. And a lot of my issue nowadays like i said doesn't really come from like trauma or relationship stuff i've been able to successfully move past a lot of that it comes from now like why the fuck am i having so many nightmares right like i don't want to sleep if all of it's going to do is result in nightmares so it's almost like not a fear 
but a frustration. Like I'm not scared when I have a nightmare, but I'm frustrated because it wakes me up. I'm frustrated because it, it it keeps my brain active even if I do sleep. I'm I'm frustrated, man. Like I don't want to have these nightmares. They don't make a lot of sense. And and when there's something that I can glean information from, at least they're beneficial to that regard to my mental health to move past and work through something. But sometimes it's like your classic fucking boogeyman shit where it's like I, I remember I had a nightmare recently where um, I was in my room at my old house, like my old bedroom, like when I was a kid uh, or a teenager, and I was there as an adult, and there was this uh, this monster outside. It was, I think it was like a clown-looking thing, which I don't even have a fear of clowns. Like, clowns are fine by me. But um, my brain kind of, like, made an amalgamation of scenarios. Like, if you've ever seen Doctor Who and are familiar with the Weeping Angels, or maybe you're familiar with... Uh, like creepy pastas and and the SCP series and there's SCP one seven three, you can't uh, blink or it'll move. And so basically, it was snowing outside of my house, which doesn't happen because I live in the fucking south. Like we get snow sometimes, but it was snowing heavily, and I could see this this clown entity outside of my window, and it would just be there and look at me, and I couldn't sleep, and then. This happened throughout the entire nightmare. So this was several days occurring in one single dream over one night. Um, so that's like the time timeline difference between within a dream and, and what's actually happening. Uh, but the first night within the dream, I just stayed wide awake. The second night, I finally blinked and it moved inside. And I, on the third night, I just covered my head and I could feel its presence hovering over my bed but it wouldn't touch me even though I wasn't looking at it and it could move freely it, it left me alone and then it got to a point where I got mad because like what's funny about me and my personality is I'm not scared of anything like the only things that I have fear for are things that involve emotional damages like I fear for heartache and breakages like not like I experienced a lot of heartache and 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 sadness that's different but like I fear for for the well-being of others overall and my own well-being sometimes um and in, not in a sense that holds me back but in that it's a, a healthy fear in that I want to prevent it from happening right because we, we shouldn't live in in such turmoil but in terms of like scary shit especially as this fucking hippie ass magician that i am like i can do an exorcism with the snap of my fingers or i should be able to if i can't then it's a much bigger problem beyond me so i don't fear a lot of like existential uh, ethereal entities that's just not a problem to me but um that and that but that's what this was so i was like i'm not fearful i'm mad because even in my dream i'm not fucking getting sleep and it, it was so silly um, and so like I got mad and I started staring it down throughout the dream. I was like every reoccurring night that I would have within this nightmare, I would be like, Hey, uh, I see you dog. And we're going to deal with this. And it ended up to a point where I made a move. I blinked enough to where it would enter my room and be there with me and then i made it chase me throughout my house to the point where i could trap it now the common theme with this entity is as long as you stayed awake until dawn eventually it would leave and disappear when day broke on the last night though when i did this 
and Don broke my idea was I'm going to trap it in the garage with me and confront it. And that's what I did. And I was going to open the garage and I was like, oh, I got daylight. Like, let's, this is all I know about it. Let's work with it. And it didn't go away. And then I woke up. And ever since then, I didn't have that nightmare. But it was just a very frustrating dream. Kind of what I gleaned from that was that I'm frustrated. I am overall frustrated with the fears and the 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 anger and the the place I have in life. Like this entity to me sort of represented this uh, constant battle that I'm having. Um, and it's not literal. None of it's literal. All of it's made up. And in fact, it had nothing to do with that. It was just a, a plain classic nightmare. Uh, but I tried to make something of it on purpose for myself. So I, I, I built a, re, a reason and a meaning out of nothing uh, to try to kind of help with my own personal frustrations in all that kind of stuff and in all that noise. So I've had a lot of nightmares like that, but I also have a lot of nightmares about things like my, my dead father and him appearing and, and uh, us going on weird adventures that end up going very sour or uh, relationship stuff that happened and that turning sour. They're all nightmares. They all turn sour, uh, even if they're kind of neutral or just weird and trippy at first, they all turn sour to some extent. Um, and I'm not very good at like lucid dreaming. I don't really know how to do that on purpose, uh, but I have had a couple instances where I, I uh, assume control of the dream and begin to lucid dream. And uh, in those instances, it makes things easier. And I would say in the, the nightmare I, I told the story about, uh, I was definitely able to lucid dream at one point because that's when I got frustrated. I was like, all right, I'm in control now. Let's do things my way. But I don't know. They, these nightmares don't mean much to me in terms of anything practical, um, though I do try to make something from them because what else am I going to do? Um, what What's more frustrating about them is the lack of rest. At the end of the day, it's always the lack of rest. I don't get enough rest, and I'm aware of that, and I am frustrated by that. Um, but despite this, I use it to grow, and I make a positive out of it. So this is not a solved problem. It's something I'm still very much working on, and it's something that um, I hope will get better over time. I know eventually I'll find somebody that... I, I will have a relationship with, even if it's not forever, even if that's not my, my partner, partner, you know, I'll go through different relationships with people romantically and be able to sleep next to them, or maybe even have a friend over and share the bed with. I don't, I don't know. I'll, in any time that happens, that will be a, a moment of relief and of clarity. And, and I do hope for, for a more long-term thing, a more permanent thing, not just long-term, but a more permanent thing in, in that regard. Um, but I don't need it necessarily, right? That's just something that uh, would be nice to have in life, to have a permanent love. Um, and that's good. That's good that that is a, 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 a path. But again, I want to be able to sleep on my own because what, what happens with my friend or my partner or whoever has to leave for business or has to leave to visit family and I'm on my own. Do I not sleep again? You know, that's not okay. I don't, I'm not okay with that. I want to be completely self-sufficient with my sleep. Uh, and right now I'm just not. And it's very difficult. Um, 
So for those out there that are also dealing with insomnia, what I want to encourage you to do is try some of the practical things and see if they help you permanently. And if they don't, you know, even if they help you in the moment and help you get past some stuff, that's still good. That helps you, you gain some rest and composure to move along to the next thing. Uh, and more importantly than that, if you're stuck like I am, find some positive things to glean out of it. Make progress on a project. Learn a new language. Read some books. Watch your favorite shows. Veg out. Take time for yourself because basically what you've unlocked is more time. In some ways, it's a superpower, right? Uh, it's not a healthy superpower, so don't get used to it, but use it while you have it uh, and grow in those ways. So... I know this episode's probably not going to be very long or very um, kind of resolute, right? Because this is something I'm actively fighting. Um, but I wanted—I really wanted to share this experience because this is something I constantly deal with and it's very difficult. Um, it, it feeds into my depression. It, it impacts all aspects of my mental health, right? It's, it's a symptom of my mental health uh, state. So... Yeah, um, I'm sorry this wasn't as lighthearted as normal um, because, it, well, at least it's kind of neutral, I guess, in tone. Um, I have negative and positives from it, you know, it kind of cancels itself out in some ways, but this is very much off the cuff, off the dome, and I hope um, it is something that people at least relate to, even if it's not something that provides a solution. Um, don't worry, there will be more episodes of Echo's Box, uh, a lot more frequently. Um, maybe not as frequently as I like. I have a lot going on, and as you all have learned, I deal with insomnia. So, uh, you know, it just kind of is what it is, but I want to wish you all love and light, and I want to, uh, just iterate that positive path. Take what you can out of this life. It's, it's so important that you, you make progress. It's so hard. So do what you can. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Um, find me on, uh, YouTube and find me on TikTok and find me on, uh, Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Echoes box. It'll either be echoes.box or, uh, echoes box at gmail.com or whatever the fuck the thing is. I don't, I don't know if you find me on Instagram, it's all there. I'm, I'm never going to get really good at remembering what all the socials are, but if you find it on Instagram, the rest is there. It'll link you to the, the Gmail to, to send emails in, uh, for whatever reason you want. Um, and it'll link to like the TikTok and stuff as well. So yeah, find, find echoes.box on Instagram and that, that should be the best thing. So, um, as above, so below folks, um, be nice to yourselves and show yourselves love. Um, and I want to send everyone else love to the best of my ability. So have a good one. How'd you get in my blood? I got a feeling that you're cool.